Good morning. Good morning. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Alleluia. We have great joy as we gather, <clears throat> pardon me, on the second Sunday of Easter, or as we'll hear in the gospel lesson, the eighth day, uh, to rejoice in the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors who are joining us this week. Please know that you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. And I'll turn your attention at this time to the inside of the back cover of the bulletin, where we have that focused on Christ section, a summary of our readings for the day. For there are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood. These three point to Christ and flow from Christ. Jesus shows his disciples his hands and side, from which flowed blood and water, saying, Peace be with you. He presents the wounds which turn our fear to gladness and which restore us to the Father. Jesus breathes on his disciples and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. His breath, his words, are spirit and life. They raise up our dry, dead bones and give us new, everlasting life. Christ now gives his ministers to speak his forgiving, spirit-filled words to the penitent in his stead. Our Lord continues to come to his people, presenting his wounds to us in the sacraments of water and blood. He bids us to touch his side at his table, to receive his risen body and blood in true faith, that believing we may have life in his name. And of course, we do gather in great joy to receive the Lord's body and blood this day at the fellowship of this altar. And so in accordance with his word and testimony, he bids us all to be united in one confession of the Christian faith as we gather to receive these blessed gifts. Therefore, all those coming to receive the Lord's Supper this day, we ask to be members either of this congregation or of a sister congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, joining us in that one true confession of the Christian faith and receiving these blessed gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation in Christ's body and blood. Our service this day is Divine Service Setting 3 as it begins on page 184. We now sing the first hymn. Almighty God, grant that we who have celebrated the Lord's resurrection may by your grace confess in our life and conversation that Jesus is Lord and God. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the second Sunday of Easter is from Ezekiel chapter 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, 
Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. And they lived and stood on their feet in exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, Our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from 1 John chapter 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is he who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one who testifies, because the Spirit is the truth. For these, three, these are three that testify, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his son. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. 
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our risen and victorious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia. Dear saints in Christ Jesus, Thomas refused to believe that Jesus rose from the dead until he saw and touched the scars in his hands and side. It was not enough to see the nail marks in his hands. Thomas had to put his hand into the side of Jesus, where the spear pierced him and water and blood flowed out. Thomas saw Jesus dead. He would not believe that he had risen from the dead until he saw the same Jesus who was dead alive from the dead. He has to be the same Jesus no mere metaphorical resurrection whereby Jesus rises in the hearts of the faithful. No mere spiritual rising that leaves the body dead in the grave. When we Christians confess that Jesus rose from the dead, we are talking about a bodily resurrection. The body that died is the body that rose. And the marks on Jesus' hands and side showed. I haven't found his body because he's still using it, folks. You see, from his birth until his death, Christ did not, in his human nature, fully use all of the divine powers that his human nature shared. He humbled himself. We call this his state of humiliation. Christ Jesus hid his divinity under his deep humiliation all the way to his death on the cross. And after he died, Jesus left his state of humiliation and was then exalted. His body is glorified. He no longer subjects it to any limitations. The disciples were hiding behind locked doors, and Jesus simply appeared. This teaches us that we may not confine the risen Lord Jesus by our own understanding of the limitations of space. He is God, and therefore he can do it. Jesus is risen, and his body is glorified. It is the same body that was crucified and laid in the tomb. Jesus said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas believed because he saw. Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. You know, the truth is, folks, we don't always agree with Jesus we want visible proof of what God promises us. And today's intro, it, it encourages us to desire the pure spiritual milk of the Word. But the Word cannot be seen. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. Sometimes we talk about the sacraments as the visible Word, but we cannot see what we believe. Take, for instance, the Lord's Supper. We see, taste, smell, and touch bread and wine. How do we know that this bread and wine are the body and blood of Jesus given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins because of what we see, taste, touch, and smell? Well, no, because of what we hear. We hear Christ's words. This is my body. This is the New Testament in my blood. We hear and we believe what we hear. Given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We hear and we believe what we hear. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Then, of course, there's baptism. 
When a little baby who cannot talk or walk or make decisions about his life is washed in the waters of holy baptism, we believe he is born from above, born from heaven, not because we see anything like that happening with our physical eyes, but because of the word of God that teaches us that baptism is a washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. He also said, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, that means, then, that if one is born of water and the Spirit, he can enter the kingdom of God. So then, Christians bring their children to the font of Christ to be born again and to be filled with the Holy Spirit because of Jesus' word. Can we see this new birth take place? No, not with our physical eyes. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. In the gospel lesson before us today, Jesus does not speak of baptism or the Lord's Supper. He fulfills the promise that he gave to Peter about the power of the keys. Now, he said this to Peter back in Matthew chapter 16. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You see, after purchasing the keys with his innocent suffering and death, Jesus gave them to his apostles. Now, the Roman church claims that Jesus was promising to make Peter the first pope by promising him the keys of the kingdom. But look at what Jesus said in the gospel lesson after he died and rose again. He said, peace be with you, second person plural. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So then, to whom did Jesus give the authority of the keys? To whom did he give the authority to forgive and to retain sins? To his church. To his whole church. Listen again to what Jesus said. Receive the Holy Spirit. If you, again, second person plural, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Dear saints, who has the Holy Spirit? It is everyone who believes the gospel and is baptized. They have the Holy Spirit. One cannot believe the gospel except by the power of the Holy Spirit. All Christians, then, have the Holy Spirit, and therefore the office of the keys is given to all Christians. Jesus gave it to his church, to the whole church, and to nobody but the church. St. Paul exhorts all Christians in Ephesians 4, saying, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And our Lord Jesus has taught us to pray, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, returning to the gospel lesson, I'll ask you, what are the keys? Well, as we are taught in Holy Scripture, so it is summarized for us and taught to us in the small catechism. The loosing key is the key that forgives the sins of sinners. And the binding key is the key that retains the sins of sinners. Think of binding together, loosing apart, setting free, right? The loosing key forgives sins in Jesus' name and by Jesus' authority. This key opens heaven to faith and permits the believer to enter into eternal life. And so what Jesus teaches us is this. Sinners who are sorry for their sins 
and want forgiveness for their sins should be forgiven. Sinners who are not sorry for their sins, who refuse to repent of them and insist on continuing in them, should not be forgiven. Their sins should be bound. They should be told that their sins are not forgiven by God. Forgiveness is for sinners who want to be delivered from their sins, not for sinners who want to embrace their sin and continue doing it. The authority of the keys is given to Christ's church. But more than that, when Jesus sent out the apostles, he was sending out the church's first pastors. Not only has Christ given to his whole church the authority to forgive the sins of repentant sinners and to retain the sins of unrepentant sinners, he has also established in his church an office that exists for the purpose of doing just that. And we call this the pastoral office. Now it's helpful to know that the Bible uses a variety of words to identify the men who serve Christ in his church by publicly administering the keys. Titles such as ministers, presbyters, bishops, pastors, preachers, overseers, and sometimes even the use of the word elders, and so forth. Now the title really isn't the focus. The duties are the focus. The duties are what matter. Christ's ministers are to preach the law that exposes sin, and warn sinners that if they do not repent, they will be judged, found guilty, and sentenced to death, that is, to eternal punishment in hell. Now, candidly, this is not a particularly enjoyable feature of the ministry, which, is, which explains why, sadly, many preachers refuse to do it. There are those who fail to preach God's law. Now, when this happens, God's people fall into all sorts of sins that they ah, sort of kind of forgot were sins because their conscience didn't want to tell them. And, well, their pastor didn't have the guts to tell them either. This is a hard word, but it is true. Cheating, lying, stealing, sexual sins, disobeying parents, despising God's word, misusing God's name, and replacing loyalty to God, well, with loyalty to a whole bunch of idols and false gods. These are all things that Christians find themselves doing. Pastors are not called by God to be detectives. That's not my job to spy out my parishioners. No pastor is given to do that. But if you are living in sin and you don't repent, it is your pastor's job to tell you that your sins are not forgiven and that if you think they are, you're only fooling yourself. Christ's ministers are to preach the gospel that forgives sins and promises eternal life to repentant sinners. The gospel is received through faith alone. Now, St. Paul teaches us about this in Romans chapter 10. I've got a handful of verses here, so buckle up. But this all plugs into what is being preached here today and what's taught to us. He says, beginning at verse 14, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent, as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So, verse 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Dear saints, the minister can't see faith. It's not something I can do. I'm a man. I'm not God. Only God can see faith. The pastor can only go by what he sees and by what the people say. 
So if someone confesses his sins, it is not up to the pastor to judge his heart and deny that his confession is sincere. The one thing is for sure. If you have a particular sin that you want to confess to God, and you want to hear with your own ears that that specific sin is forgiven by God, then you may come to me as your pastor and ask me to hear your confession and to give you Christ's absolution. And I will do so with great joy, because that is what Jesus has given for me to do. Not only is it my duty to do so, I may never under any circumstances reveal to anyone what has been confessed to me. I am but the mouthpiece of the Lord who has promised, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But you see, this is when our sinful flesh comes along. Oh, our sinful flesh. You see, our sinful flesh loves to scoff at God's word. And it says, oh, but it's only words. Just words spoken by men who aren't any holier or closer to God than you are. Just words. Don't you believe it? But dear Christians, Jesus told Thomas that those who believe these just words are blessed. Yes, more blessed than those who put their hands into the holes in Jesus' hands inside. The fact that Jesus rose is not enough. Now let me explain what I mean by that. You need the word of God concerning this living Lord Jesus. Yes, it is true that Christ accomplished all in his death and resurrection as he proclaimed from the throne of his cross. It is finished. God be praised. But the cross itself does not deliver to you forgiveness, life, and salvation. Instead, Christ has chosen these means, his word, his baptism, his supper, and his absolution, as the delivery methods, the delivery vehicles of his blood-bought forgiveness Therefore, know this, that if you are intent on living in sin and refusing to acknowledge it, refusing to repent, there is no word of forgiveness for you. You're not on your way to heaven living like that. Dear saints in Christ Jesus, on the contrary, if your sins distress you, if your sins bring you sorrow and you have a bad conscience before your heavenly Father and you want God's forgiveness for your sins, then you need to hear the gospel. You need to hear Jesus' absolving word. You need to hear his absolution for you. As surely as Jesus died for you, bore your sins in his body on the cross, and rose from the dead on the third day, the forgiveness that Christ's minister speaks to you is as valid and certain as if Jesus spoke it to you himself. Listen to the absolution. I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Don't be put off by the fact that a sinner like you is speaking these words. It is the Lord's good pleasure to use his office to do this. And so instead, take heart Jesus' word and Jesus' promise. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the church reborn in Christ, that nurtured by the pure milk of his word, we may grow to maturity of faith and have everlasting life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our faith and the edification of the church, that by the testimony of the holy apostles, the weight of sin would be removed from as many as will repent, and all doubts would be overcome. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the households of God's people, 
that begotten and holy baptism, we may grow in his grace and share together in his forgiveness and life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the testimony of Christ and his word and sacrament, that he would overcome the powers of this world, turn its evil to good, and enliven many to follow him in faith. Let us pray to the Lord. For John Brenneman, Vanessa Burmester, Charlotte Locke, Richard Phillips, Ron Lyon, Bob Rash, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, Ted Phillips, and all the people of God in any suffering, confusion, or the hour of death, that the Spirit of God lift them up in faith and bring them to eternal life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who mourn the death of fellow saints, that the resurrection victory of Christ may bring them comfort and peace in the midst of their tears. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who commune, that as the disciples were gladdened by Christ's risen wounds Sunday after Sunday, so we also would find gladness in his life-giving flesh and abiding presence among us each week in this sacrament, and that God would give us an increasing hunger for the word of peace given in his supper. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Hear us, Heavenly Father, for the sake of Christ Jesus, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Thanks be to God. Well, as we continue this morning, uh, of course, we have our Sunday school and Bible study following worship. Uh, tomorrow at 1.30 uh, is the Esther Bible study, so we will continue that. And it's a busy week coming up on Tuesday and Thursday. We have our Theology on Tap. Tuesday, the women will meet at 7. Uh, Thursday, the men at 7. And then on Wednesday at 9 o'clock in the morning, even though it's, I was remiss and didn't put it in there, but the, at 9 o'clock this Wednesday, we do have our Lutheran Confessions class, so I'll... We will continue our study of Holy Baptism from Luther's Large Catechism. And then uh, later on, we'll, that day, we'll have our midweek school at 3.30 p.m. It's hard to believe we're coming so near the end of midweek school for another year. Uh, just a note that I have a continuing education conference coming up the 24th through the 27th, the details of which are listed there in the bulletin. And um, I believe that brings us to the end of the announcements. Anything that I may have missed? All right, well, seeing nothing, God's peace be with you. Go in resurrection joy. I'll greet you at the door.